We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app this week's elections left the fate of the presidency up in the air but here in illinois things were considerably more clear democratic governor jb pritzker's proposal for a graduated income tax was rejected at the polls most Republican legislative seats targeted by the Democratic Party stayed in Republican hands, and the GOP picked up two additional House seats. Is it time for House Speaker Michael Madigan to step down as chairman of the Democratic Party of Illinois? Well, more key Demonst- Democrats are now saying yes, including my guest this week, who wants his job. We'll hear from State Representative Stephanie Kippowitz. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Oswego State Representative Stephanie Kippelwood is not a shy person. Former Marines rarely are. And when Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan was implicated in an alleged bribery scheme involving Commonwealth Edison, she was among the earliest Democrats to say he should not remain chair of the Illinois Democratic Party. Now, Madigan is not specifically named in a federal deferred prosecution agreement with Commonwealth Edison, but the U.S. Attorney's Office made it clear that the speaker was a target of a bribery scheme that the utility company has admitted. It's important to note that he has not been charged and has denied doing anything wrong or having any improper motives for any vote. But as Madigan was resisting pressure to relinquish any of his leadership roles, Representative Kifowit announced that she would challenge the speaker for his gavel. It was a bold move for a suburban Democrat who's been in the House since 2013. She was an Aurora alderman before that, and she has been a financial advisor. She's also been a teacher, and we're going to talk with Stephanie Kifowit about her journey and her destination. And welcome, Representative Kifowit. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's a pleasure to talk with you again. And uh, first, tell me how your uneasiness about Speaker Madigan has led you to this point. Well, Craig, to me, it's it's just holding people accountable. And that's the bottom line is in, in government, in life, in business, you have leaders that are charged to lead and you want them to lead in a fashion that's ethical and that's moral and that you can trust. And when not only this scandal, but other scandals in the past have plagued the Speaker of the House, I just believe that this is not the type of leadership that I embrace. And and as you mentioned, being in the United States Marine Corps, we hold leadership and ethics and and loyalty and, you know, living a moral life and service above self so much more important in our daily existence. And I just pretty much said to myself, enough is enough. Somebody has to stand up 
and why not me? Well, now, as I mentioned before, he hasn't been charged. The law says Mike Madigan is innocent until proven guilty. Uh, he would likely suggest that this is a rush to judgment. What do you say about that? Well, Craig, I, I think that that is true, innocent until proven guilty. But I think when we look at leadership, now I haven't called for him to give up his seat as a state representative. He can continue to represent the individuals of his district. But when we're looking at leadership, the bar has to be higher than just whether a particular act falls within the confines of the law. It needs to be, uh, is, it, is a particular act undermining the public trust and integrity in the leadership position of what you hold? And that is a different, a higher standard than just whether an action in and of itself falls within the confines of the law. And I think that the public believes that as well, that we need leaders that follow the law, but also follow the spirit of the law, the essence of public trust, and goes above and beyond to make sure that the public doesn't doubt at all the actions of the leaders. And, and I believe that uh, the, the implications of uh, Michael Madigan and the, the things that are described in the deferred prosecution agreement really undermine the public trust and questions the integrity of the office of Speaker of the House. You know, and you alluded to this uh, earlier, Mike Madigan's political operation has had problems before, uh, including allegations of sexual harassment uh, among his staff and allies. Um, also, to, to another issue that we've covered in the past, the Legislative Inspector General's office went unfilled for years, but he's endured. What is, I mean, what is the problem with the process, the, the, the legislative process, that none of these things has been a, uh, an impediment to him continuing? Well, I think, Craig, um, what it is, is, is it, it is this dual role that he holds as Speaker of the House, which I am challenging, and also the chair of the Democratic Party. And when you have that dual role, um, there is an inert... Um, intimidation to, to go against an individual that you're going to need for support in, in the election cycle. Uh, we all are, are here to be uh, elected and, and, and to serve, and, and all, a lot of my colleagues are, are very well-intentioned and, and good people that want to do the right thing. Uh, but you have a system in place that um, people just get intimidated or they, they don't feel comfortable speaking up. And I think at this point in time, People are just fed up. And I join other colleagues of mine that have asked him to step down as speaker. And, and I am joining, you know, individuals that are demanding a higher level of accountability in our government. And I think that we all need to stand up and fight for that and to stop turning, as you said, a, a bit of a blind eye or making excuses or just accepting a, a status quo that's been there for decades. Mike Madigan has been an all-time champion fundraiser. That is uh, one of his gifts. Uh, and, and many Democratic House members have been elected or re-elected with his help. First, I should ask, have you gotten help from Mike Madigan uh, in your years? Well, as, as a Democrat running for office, the Democratic Party should support Democrats. I mean, just like the Republican Party supports Democrats. So I've gotten assistance from the Democratic Party of Illinois, in addition to him as a, as a chair. Um, and, but that doesn't persuade me because I don't 
view that that is a quid pro quo or that that support comes with, uh, uh, you know, my loyalty or allegiance to something that I feel is wrong. And, and when you feel something is wrong, um, people, good people, they have to stand up and they have to say that this isn't right and this isn't wrong. And I think that there's um, individuals and, and our caucus is, is younger individuals that are embracing the fact that we need to hold leaders and ourselves to a higher level to restore the public trust in people. How much does the performance of the party in this last uh, round of elections, what we know of it so far, how much does that factor in this? Because let's face it, it's not just about having a lot of money, but it's having a lot of money to get people elected. And that didn't work out as well this year as it has before. Talk to me about what the mood is and what the feeling is about how the party has gone through this cycle. Well, Craig, as you said, a lot of money was raised, a lot of money was spent. And if you're going to look at things from the Democratic perspective, the Democrats lost two seats. So, uh, and we lost a whole lot more if we look statewide and we look at the um, constitutional amendment and we look at Supreme Court race and we look at on the congressional letter, it was, it was not a strong showing. And what has been happening is that, you know, the Democratic Party is being saddled with the reputation of Mike Madigan. We are the Democratic Party of the people and we should not be labeled or, uh, you know, assimilated with, like we saw this election cycle, with the baggage, with the distractions that comes along with Mike Madigan. And that's why I and, and many others have been talking. I've been talking well before the election. And now, uh, you know, others have joined me to say that it is time for him to step down. And it's not just that, uh, you know, I mean, that the, some made people went down in flames and the graduated income tax, but a lot of it has been on arguments that the Republicans have made before that didn't seem to stick. I mean, Mike Madigan has been the boogeyman in any for the last maybe 10 election cycles that I've covered. Uh, he has been the person that the Republicans tried to beat Democrats mm -hmm. over the head with. It hasn't worked. This time it did. Uh, is it just the federal action or has it just been a matter of a cumulative uh, pile of things? I think people are, are getting tired. Uh, you know, I, I believe that there had been a time when the public believed that it was um, sensationalized or blown out of proportion and, and issue after issue would come. But keep in mind, Craig, this is the first time in federal documents that Mike Madigan is being labeled as public official A. And that's serious. And that's serious to the public. To be implicated, it, 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 I realize he hasn't been charged, but implicated. Nobody wants a leader in any government to be identified as public official A in a bribery scheme, in a scheme to, to try to gain favor. The, any public official should be a thousand miles away from any of that even appearing, appearing to be true, much less ComEd admitting to it to be happening. And, and I think that's real. And I think with the national level, which we see with um, all the discord and the division on the national level, people are tuning in and they're saying we didn't want it on the national level. 
And we don't want it on the state level, not even the appearance of it, Craig. It, it doesn't, to my view, even perception is reality. And we cannot have leaders, even with the perception, much less being identified as public official A in FBI documents. I, I want to ask if you, how concerned you are that one of the other effects of this was that uh, Justice Thomas Kilbride was not retained on the Illinois Supreme Court. The long-term effect of that could end up being that the balance of the Illinois Supreme Court will change, just as the national Supreme Court balance has shifted a bit. Uh, what do you think about that? Because there's, I don't think there's any other way of looking at Justice Kilbride's fate other than being tied to Michael Madigan, because that was the entire argument against him. Uh, you're correct, Craig. This, this, um, the people are tired. They're tired of having uh, public officials they can't trust and tying uh, such an esteemed individual, such as a Supreme Court justice, to Michael Madigan, and then ultimately not being retained is, is a big concern. And, and we definitely need to take those things very seriously and not just brush it off um, like it's a fluke. It's not a fluke, and, and we need to really look at it seriously. Um, now, Governor Pritzker and Senator Dick Durbin and Senator Tammy Duckworth are all saying the party's paid a heavy price under Mike Madigan's leadership. Uh, he says he's proud of his record electing Democrats who support workers and families and looks forward to continuing as chairman. Do you see any of this having much of an effect on either the speaker or the members? Well, I think, Craig, every member has to make their own decision. But let's, let's look at that, that statement that he, he has elected Democrats, which, which fundamentally underscores how he views the public. You know, candidates have run and, and the public has put their faith in those, those candidates. So uh, they have worked really hard to gain the public trust. And it is clear that the public trusts their individual state reps, but they just don't trust the leadership. And that's what I take away from that statement is that it is very um, self-serving that he's taking credit uh, when it's the voters, the voters, the people that need to have the view of the leadership of the state. And um, I am calling and touching base and reaching out to all the members of the House and uh, having very good discussions on them. But uh, again, it is an internal vote. And uh, I don't know how much external factors uh, play into it, but the public has to stand up and be recognized. And if they want new leadership, they should be calling their state rep and expressing that as well. You're listening to News Radio 780's At Issue on political editor Craig Delamore. We're talking about the future of the Illinois legislature via Zoom conferencing with State Representative Stephanie Kipowit. She is challenging Michael Madigan uh, for his seat as Speaker of the House. Full disclosure, I live in Representative Kipowit's district. <laughs> so, um, but now let's talk a little bit, because you, you, that was a point I was just about to bring up, was you are talking to the other members. How do you go about mounting support for your effort? I mean, how many members so far have been willing to say anything supportive in public? Well, so far we have uh, myself and, and I believe six others that have said it in public. 
some other individuals, challengers, uh, Democratic challengers that were not successful had also said this in public. Uh, we, uh, back in August, there was a letter signed by 53 uh, predominant Democrats in the community that was released to the public stating that they believe that Michael Madigan should step down. I believe there were six aldermen that uh, part of the progressive wing that came out and stated he should step down all before the election. Um, and so uh, the, the calls have been very uh, robust. I've been on the call with a rep for two hours talking about all the issues and the changes, the positive changes we can make. Um, and uh, I believe that the phone calls have been really productive and the individuals that I have talked to, even um, individuals that are still supportive of Michael Magan being speaker, but recognizing that things need to change as well. So uh, that robust discussion will continue as I continue to call uh, individual members and, and talk about just, um, you know, starting a new chapter in Illinois. And I think it's time to start a new chapter in Illinois. There is an adage that I uh, think of often uh, that's never wound the king. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's, it's about, it's about fear and or retribution. Right. How much is that going to play first off in marshalling support for you and also in your future as far as challenging the man who very well might still be in that position, you know, in the next few months? Well, Craig, um, I come from the military background. So uh, you give a challenge to the United States Marine and we, we bring it on. And I also recognize that um, there is, there is a, a potential to lose the battle and win the war. And this is a battle I believe we need to wage for the people of Illinois. And successful or not, this needs to be said, it needs to be challenged, and it needs to be shown to the people of Illinois that Democrats are willing to stand up and hold their own party accountable for actions that are unsavory, for actions that don't live up to the perception and the public trust that we need for people. And I think that is what's important, Craig. And that is what the people of Illinois are craving. They're craving a new direction in Illinois. Um, and I think that if we don't stand up today, it'll make it harder to stand up tomorrow. And maybe I'm not successful today, but we are building the foundation for success tomorrow to start pushing Illinois in the right direction of fiscal responsibility, of gaining the public trust and listening to the people and saying, we hear you and it's a big job and we're trying to change things and we're not gonna give up. Even if we stumble, even if we're not successful this time, there's a group of us that believe wholeheartedly that um, the Illinois House needs to change. And there's a group of us that even if not successful, I believe we're going to stay together and still push to get accountability, transparency, and, uh, you know, just keep listening to the people. Um, and I want to talk to you about that in a minute, but I also want to uh, touch on something that has been, if anything, a little bit amusing to me, um, because we get occasional news conferences from the Illinois Republicans uh, who are always offering advice to the Democratic members, uh, mostly to reject Michael Madigan, no surprise. But when we ask them, so then are you going to support Stephanie Kifowit? 
or any other Democrat who wants to run against Michael Madigan, to a person, they all say, well, no, that's not for us to do. And, and frankly, they're all going to vote for Jim Durkin, uh, which means that if the Democrats were to split, Durkin would win. So, I mean, is, and is that another problem for you or for anyone is that any split among the Democrats gives the Republicans a clear path to become the, be in charge of the House? Well, Craig, unfortunately, what you're just talking about is the divide that we're seeing in our state level and in our national level. Uh, to be quite fair, when, when Tom Cross was, was the leader of, of the minority party, uh, Republicans did vote for Democrat leadership. And they did it because we understand that we have to work together and to, to push uh, the state in the direction that we need to push for. So uh, the Republicans are just being selfish. And, uh, you know, those individuals are not looking at uh, collaborating and not looking at uh, working together like they work together in the Tom Cross leadership area. And uh, it's disappointing that they don't look at opportunities to work together. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, the Democrats have to do the right thing. And what you're talking about is, a, is another bullying intimidation technique that works in Michael Madigan's favor to uh, use fear and um, in some case exaggeration that, um, you know, it's going to be manipulated in a way that we're going to have a Republican Speaker of the House. We're not going to have a Republican Speaker of the House. And if the Republicans do not want to come together and collaborate, you know, that's just for the, further pushing the divide that I think the people of Illinois do not want. They want an Illinois House that works together to solve the huge issues that we have to address next year, our fiscal issues, our ethics issues, uh, the pandemic and recovery issues. And if the, Democrat, or if, if the Republicans just want to look out for themselves, then that's very disappointing, Craig. But I can assure you, that there will not be a Republican Speaker of the House. And you know, you're, you are making excellent transitions into the stuff that I want to talk to next, because I do want to talk about the kind of collaboration, maybe not always public, uh, because it seems to me that the Illinois General Assembly has long been a place where behind the scenes uh, often, and that even happened in the, in the Rauner era, uh, behind the scenes, lawmakers are willing to get together and get things done. And what's the atmosphere now, you know, behind the scenes? Are people still able to talk to each other and try to work their way through problems? Uh, I think that we do have a, a segment of, of moderate Republicans that we can work together with, that we have worked together with. Um, uh, recreational marijuana was bipartisan. We have, we've had a lot of big bipartisan bills, but I think that um, going forward, we, we really need to start working together as the whole state to move it forward. We need to stop talking about um, segregating the state, Cook County and Chicago and the rest of the state. That's not going to happen. Uh, we need to start coming together and working together for the good of everybody, Southern Illinois, Northern Illinois. And to me, I believe the role of Speaker of the House um, is to represent the whole house so and, and to work together with everybody in the house and and that doesn't seem to happen to the degree that I saw when I started and I started 
um, with a few years of Tom Cross and uh, a little bit more moderate uh, Republican side. And, um, you know, during the Rauner years when it was just dire straits that we had to work together. Now, keep in mind, we didn't have to get to that point of a two and a half year budget impasse had Rauner and the Republicans worked together for the good of Illinois. Um, so we do have that, uh, you know, that sticking point in that it had to get to extreme dire straits. Whereas before the Republicans would work together. So I think leadership matters. And I think having a leader that represents the whole state as speaker of the house, even though I'm a Democrat, uh, I think that it's, it's very important for a speaker to go to Southern Illinois and listen to those residents' concerns and to, and, and I'm in the suburbs and listen to those concerns and listen to the concerns of Chicago and actually start bringing comprehensive solutions to the whole state that's going to get us going in the right direction, bring jobs where they need to bring jobs and, and start listening to the people uh, and respecting the people uh, because they are the ones that elect representatives. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about that because regardless of who is speaker, what are going to be the priorities in the legislature moving forward? You're not going to have a graduated income tax. Um, are we looking at the kind of painful budget cuts that the governor is saying are going to have to take place? Well, um, I, there are going to have to be cuts, whether they're, a, a, I, I prefer more of a precision cut than across the board cut, because I think that, uh, for example, um, an across the board cut would hit human services, such as the Department of Child and Family Services, which we've seen uh, over 100 children that have uh, perished that had had contact with DCFS and we don't want to have any other children uh, in harm's way. Um, and so I think that we have to balance where the cuts are rather than an across the board cut. And that's my philosophy is that it has to be a precision cut. A little bit here, a little more there, a little less here uh, to balance out the needs. But um, there's going to have to be cuts and there's going to have to be discussions about revenues as, as you may or may not know about 90% of our budget is mandatory. So when people say, you know, cut the budget, as we saw under the Rauner years, he tried to cut programs. We got sued. The court said that under federal law, we had to pay that. <laughs> it didn't matter if we wanted to or not. We're forced to pay about 90% of our budget. So when we're looking at what is that 10% you can cut, um, domestic violence shelters fall in that. Universities fall in that category. Um, uh, DCFS, uh, social workers falls in that category. Education funding falls in that category. Um, so some of those um, areas where people believe just cut away, uh, as, as the governor said, state police falls in that category. Um, so, uh, you know, we have to have a, a serious discussion that talks about the priorities of the state and, and there's going to have to be reductions in spending as the people wanted. I, I understand that they don't have the public trust to trust us like the residents, I believe in Arizona that passed a similar initiative successfully. We have a trust issue here in Illinois. Ethics is another issue. How can you talk about ethics when, when the speaker of the house is, has done questionable things, you know, maybe not, under the threshold of whether something was legal or not, but ethics and, and morality is, is a little different 
subjects. So ethics reform, we have to look at that. We have to look at, um, in, in my opinion, racial equity and, and um, putting in place policies to address systematic racism. These are serious issues that require a hundred percent focus, I think, from everybody in the General Assembly. But um, you know, as we know, the speaker also has outside employment, also has the chair of the Democratic Party, also is the speaker. And I think that at this point in time, we need someone similar to myself that can devote a hundred percent of their time to these big issues in the the Illinois House, amongst um, you know many other issues that come up in the normal course of the of the cycle that's just a few but uh education funding property tax reform is so important been working on that for eight years our pension problem is another big important issue that just seems to not get any attention from the speaker's office we just keep kicking the can and kicking the can that i've been down there property taxes pension reforms are two very very important things to me that i think we need to solve uh we actually needed to solve these problems i think 10 years ago before i even came in uh, and now it's ballooned into an atrocity that, that we definitely need to give 100% of our efforts into as well. Well, that's, believe it or not, is going to be the final word. We have run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Kifowitz, thank you very much for spending this time with us. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There should be a link at the bottom of the page. You can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.